my goal in this message was to let's agree on what God's word says about alcohol. Because some people have the mistaken idea that the Bible has nothing to say about alcohol. Well, it actually has a lot to say. And the one takeaway that the Bible is very clear about, I don't think there's any debate, is that drunkenness is sin. Right. And I'm not sure everybody knew that the Bible says that, but uh, that's that really was the starting point of the message. We believe that there is always more to God's Word, and if we dig a little deeper, we will find truth that will take us on a journey of amazing life change, a life of deeper hope, deeper truth, and deeper grace. Let's jump right in. And just like that, we are back. Another episode of the Deeper Grace Podcast. I am your host, Jacob. Pastor Wayne joins me. How was your week? It was really good. Yeah. How was yours? You I traveled a little bit. Yeah, I wasn't here. I traveled with Pastor Mark, uh, Pastor Evan, and a couple of other people from the church. We went down to Birmingham to um, the Highlands Church and to the Grow Conference. My first time going. That's great. So, what did you think? What was your takeaway? Um, a little. I'm not going to say overwhelming, but it was just a lot of information. Sure. That was taken in over a basically a two-day period because we get down there Tuesday we have a service Tuesday night Wednesday it's all day long and then right. Thursday you got a morning session and then you go yeah yeah I, I like to refer to it as drinking from a fire hose that's what exactly what it was it's a lot how many times you've been down there uh, three I think so yeah, yeah you know, three times as I said this is my first time yeah so and I'm kind of I'm newer here so mm-hmm. I started here in April so as you said it was a lot of water coming out of the fire hydrant at one time and one thing that you and i were talking about uh before we started recording was the fact that uh, pastor chris hodges who is phenomenal by the way he is awesome mm-hmm. um he was talking and he said that 87 percent of people do not know what their spiritual gifts are what do you think about that i think he's right and i've heard him say that before uh that's one of the reasons part of the vision uh of the church and God's heart is that we need to know why we were created. Mm-hmm. The old saying is, you know, the two greatest days that in a person's life is the day they were born and then the day they find out why. Mm-hmm. And that each of us has a purpose. We're divinely designed by God for a reason to serve other people. And when we realize that uh, life can get really exciting. One part of the uh, conference before we jump into this past week's message that stuck out to me was, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'd love to be a pastor one day. Okay. Um, and just everything that goes in to being a pastor can be a little bit overwhelming because you think you're like, oh, I just got to get up there. I got to prepare a message. I got to, you know, I got to uh, go visit some sick people. I got to go to the hospital, pray for others. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's a lot more than that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, preaching. Is the easy part of pastoring. Yeah. If all I did was communicate God's word, study and prepare for that, I would be in heaven. But that's only part of it. Uh, leading people is the hard part. And but why, why but it's that? the fulfilling part just because, you know, people are uh, unpredictable. You know, people's lives aren't perfect. And, mm-hmm. and so our job as pastors is to pastor people, shepherd people, literally. And, uh, you know, the Bible calls, uh, calls us sheep 
And so we tend to go our own way and we tend to want different things. And so we're trying to lead people well. Uh, sometimes there are different, first of all, everybody's on a different part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Second of all, not everybody wants to go the same direction. So leadership is about helping people have the vision to go in the same direction at the same time, and but it's worth it. It's always worth it. And you said people aren't perfect. That's a great leeway into what we talked about this past Sunday. Okay. So part four of, of the, uh, grace and truth, right. Was talking about alcohol. And a few weeks ago after we were done, I, I asked you on the podcast, I said, Hey, which was the hardest sermon to prepare for? And you're like, well, I can't, I can't say yet because we're we've yeah. only been two weeks in. Then we get off the mic and you told me, and you're like, it was alcohol. Yeah. Why is that? Well, uh, you know, we've addressed in this series, we're trying to equip our church to how do we engage culture the right way, the way Jesus did with grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And so we've applied it to some pretty, you know, controversial subjects in our culture, homosexuality, uh, abortion. We've talked about living together without being married and all kinds of things. And so which the vast majority of people are going to agree with us. Uh, Well, with alcohol, not everybody agrees on on whether or not abstinence is required or moderation and things like that. And so. I, I definitely put a lot of work into the research and just making sure that everything that we said was was not said out of tradition. Right. It wasn't said out of condemnation, uh, but it was truly from God's heart to us. And I wanted to be fair uh, and accurate from from God's word. Uh, and I also wanted to connect with people's heart so that they could receive it. Because when you bring up the, you were there, when I mentioned Hey, we're going to talk about alcohol today. No it lie. got really quiet. Yeah. And uh, that happened in both services. And it's just one of those things we just need to have a conversation. And you know that you're going to, how do you go into a sermon, especially for the last two? Because um, a couple of weeks ago, it was about abortion. Right. And I personally saw a couple of people get up and walk out. Yeah. How... And this week, I, I didn't see because I was sitting up closer to the front, but how do you prepare for that knowing that that is a possibility of happening? Well, again, you come, if, if I come with the right perspective and the right attitude, which is I'm not wagging my finger at you trying mm-hmm. to show that you're wrong and I'm right. I'm coming with a broken heart, with humility, saying, here's what the Bible says, and I'm going to speak it in love. And it's truly up to you whether or not you receive it or not. And, and everything that we've been talking about, I've, I, I've surrendered it to the Lord, realizing some people are going to receive what we have to say uh, as grace and truth, and it's going to change their lives. However, some people are going to harden their heart and not receive it at all. I can't control that, so I just uh, do what I'm supposed to do present it with grace and truth and then it's everyone's choice what they do with that can you talk a little bit about your background growing up in a family that alcohol was sure yeah i'm I'm not the i don't have the testimony that i grew up in a rough background you know did all kinds of crazy things and then got saved i'm a church kid i'm a pastor's kid i grew up in a family you didn't drink 
and you didn't go to restaurants that had bars, much less go to a bar. I mean, it was just That's some, crazy. <laughs> I'm being serious. That was that was how serious, you know, the people around me, the churches that I've been part of, you just didn't do that. And so uh, and that's where I wanted to be sure that I wasn't bringing my tradition into this. But my goal in this message was to let's agree on what God's word says right. about alcohol, because some people have the mistaken idea that the Bible has nothing to say about alcohol. Well, it actually has a lot to say. And the one takeaway that the Bible is very clear about, I don't think there's any debate, is that drunkenness is sin. Right. And I'm not sure everybody knew that the Bible says that. But uh, that's that really was the starting point of the message. And we went through Old Testament, New Testament, and just to establish the fact we all agree that drunkenness is a sin. And so then we made our case from that point. If drunkenness is a sin, what's the only way you can keep from getting drunk, which is don't drink. So and of course, we weren't presenting abstinence as from alcohol completely as a sin issue. We were saying this is really the only way to avoid it. Right. To avoid sins, just don't drink. I had, I kind of grew up in the same background. My my dad was not a a pastor, but I grew up in a church where drinking. I don't want to say it was prohibited, yeah, but it was uh, strongly frowned upon. Yeah. So, um, did you ever have any experiences though with any type of drunken people? in your life that kind of impacted you in a way? <laughs> well, it was powerful. You were there again. And, and and what I did is I asked a bunch of people whose lives have been negatively affected by alcohol uh, to come in and, and let us document their story. Right. 13 people did. And so out of this, we created this video, real stories powerful. of how alcohol had just wrecked people's families, their lives, their futures. And, uh, you can see the video, hopefully, in the show notes here. We'll put a link to it. But the reality is alcohol is not harmless. And that's that's what we wanted to communicate. And then after the video, I ask, hey, how many of you in the room uh, have your lives been negatively affected by alcohol, either through abuse or broken relationships, lost a job or something? And in both services, well over 50%. I think in the 11 o'clock service, it was 80% of hands that went up that alcohol has harmed people. This might be a weird question, but what would would what would your reaction have been if you would have been like, hey, um, how many of you people, by raise of hands, have been negatively impacted by alcohol? What would, what would your reaction have been if the hand count had not been as high? I knew that it wouldn't be. I knew there would be overwhelming and it was. And again, that's the reason we're having the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I wanted to have an entire message about it because it's harming people and nobody's talking about it. Right. It seems to me in the church world that the only conversation about alcohol is you should do it and there's nothing wrong with it. And Jesus turned water into wine and that settles it. But I don't think we're having the full conversation. We're not talking about the fact that one in 10 people who drink for the first time go on to become alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not talking about the fact that the majority of crime and, and domestic violence and homicides, most yeah. of the time, alcohol is involved. And so uh, you're not going to see that on beer commercials. You're not going to see that uh, anywhere. So we need to talk about it. And that was our goal in talking about it. Why do you think that there's 
churches that might have the same belief as us don't talk about it as much. Well, um, are they afraid to make people mad? Well, I think I think it's one of those areas to some people that it's such a gray issue. It's not worth talking about. Right. You know, you don't want to create division on purpose. And of course, I was concerned. I didn't want anybody to come into our church and think, well, I drink. I can't go to that church or where well, I'm a social drinker. And so I can't be friends with Pastor Wayne. I don't I don't want that at all. That's not our heart at all. Uh, so we just have to be careful. You know, Jesus talked about having uh, a heart like a dove, but wisdom like a serpent. Right. And so keeping our heart right, our attitude right, but then having the wisdom to address it in a way that can be received well. And and I really think it was, you know, mm. both services, the, the spirit in the room, the atmosphere in the room was very good. Right. It wasn't hostile. didn't feel like there was a lot of people saying no or you know, uh, or resistant in any way. It it felt like people were receiving it well. And you got some positive feedback. All kinds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people lining up the, at the door on the way out. Thank you for talking about this. Most of the people saying, hey, I could have been in that video too. I've got stories to tell. Yeah. Literally people lining up to tell me, thank you for having this conversation. I know you know the Spazellis. That's my wife's uh, family. Right. Um, Tony Spazelli. He has a great testimony about how he was an alcoholic and mm-hmm. he lost a lot. Uh, now, of course, he's going on to do great work for the Lord. He's working for crew, going overseas and all that right. stuff. As so. a missionary. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, 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 th- and we want people to know that too. And that was part of the message that if you are, uh, if alcohol is hurting you, if alcohol is destroying you, we want to come alongside as a church and help you not mm-hmm. condemn you. We've got Celebrate Recovery. Yep. We've got different groups that we want people to be part of. And and that's part of the reason for talking about it as well, is to make sure people know we're here to help. We're not here to hit people over the head and tell them how bad they are. We want to walk with you and uh, let's, let's overcome. Let's find freedom together. You brought up the videos that we played on Sunday. Yeah. And um, I the ha- stories of the people yeah. whose lives have been affected by alcohol. Can you talk about the woman that came on there and that said that she had lost a loved one while she was on a missions trip? And didn't you have to? Break? Yeah. Yeah. We were on a missions trip to El Salvador. Uh, this would have been more than 10 years ago. But uh, somebody reached out to me that one of the people on our trip, her, her uh, brother, had had uh, killed himself mm. uh, and alcohol was involved. Yeah, that was a very tough conversation. Right. You know, when she, when that part of the video came on, that was, that was emotional for me because I remember that moment very well. So diving deeper into what you were talking about on Sunday, one thing that stuck out to me that you said at the very beginning of the, the sermon was that there was a rise in alcohol consumption yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah, if you if you do a little bit of research online, you realize that, uh, especially in 2020, more people started drinking mm-hmm. for the first time in 2020, and the overall amount of alcohol consumption just went up dramatically uh, in, in the pandemic. And of course, a lot of people were afraid, a lot of people were at home, a uh, variety of reasons why they did that. But uh, as a result now, we have more alcoholism. We have more of the negative effects of alcohol. And again, yet another reason why I felt like we needed to address this is because it's a growing problem. I want to ask you this. Um, So 
in today's society, I feel like, and you can disagree with me if you want, um, I feel like it's becoming more and more acceptable to go out and grab a beer, grab a cocktail, and it feels like it's almost the same as someone going out to grab a cup of coffee. Now, I understand that there's, of course, a major difference mm-hmm. in the two, but do you understand what I'm trying to say there? It's like, I feel like in today's society that those two feel like they're the same thing. I think they're, I think people who are advertising and marketing beer, wine, even hard liquor have done such a good job to paint alcohol in a positive light that it's become very normalized and uh, accepted, not just outside the church, but in the church as well. Mm. And I, I think I think there's been a very effective job in creating this as a harmless thing when in actuality, alcohol is a drug right. and it harms people. It, uh, it harms families, it harms relationships, but no one seems to be telling that side of the story. And, and in the message, I gave some statistics from the Center for Disease Control, how many homicides, domestic abuse, accidents are a result of alcohol. You can't say that about coffee. Right. It's just not the same. So people who like to say, well, why aren't you talking about coffee or food or whatever? Well, those things aren't responsible for the amount of destruction that alcohol is. 67% of domestic violence has come with alcohol involved. And then you also brought up uh, homicide, 50%, 30% suicide, so. Yeah, and then, and on and on. It's and, it's hurting people. Right, and I'll tell you, um, I have a personal experience with using alcohol. Alcohol almost ruined my marriage. Wow. So yeah, I, it, a couple of years ago, I, I was not in the right headspace. Um, I had used alcohol and another drug and it nearly cost me my marriage one night so wow alcohol hits pretty hard for me i don't have the the deep testimony like some of these other people do but um it's it's hit me hard too and i even have a stepdad that's in jail and uh he used to be an alcoholic and part of his life was impacted by drinking and all that stuff so Hmm. although i don't have the big testimony like some of the people on the stage did on Sunday, I do have a big, um, I have alcohol has impacted me as well. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that. So, um, I want to ask you something, um, before we wrap up people that use alcohol as a coping mechanism, they come home from work. They're like, man, I had a rough day at work, long day at work. I need a beer or they drink wine to settle themselves down. They have it with the, the dinner they have. And they're like, I don't see anything wrong with that. What do you say to that? Um, there are a thousand questions that we could address. You know, reasons people use alcohol. Um, I'll go back to the fact that the Bible says don't get drunk. Right. And the only way to not get drunk is to not drink. Right. I also think, too, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. Uh, instead, be filled with the Spirit. And there's a fascinating background study to the book of Ephesians which you and I did as a small group yep. this past summer. But, uh, you know, in Ephesus, there was this god of wine called Bacchus. Uh, the Greek term was Dionysus. And so imagine uh, this temple of Dionysus where people would go uh, for their religious experiences. But in, like we serve coffee at church for yeah. free, they would serve wine. 
and the idea is to get wasted and as a result you know have these out-of-body experiences or whatever experiences uh, existential and uh, so Paul's talking to these people in this culture says hey don't do that anymore right you know instead be filled with the spirit so Paul is saying hey being a spirit-filled person replaces what you think you can get with wine or alcohol or beer right and I think if we're honest I think we're looking to alcohol to do what God's spirit is intended to do. Right. God's spirit is to give us peace and to give us comfort and to give us hope, mm-hmm. not a bottle, not alcohol. And I think we've trained ourselves to think that I need something that I really should be looking to God's spirit to do in my life. You I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that uh, alcohol is a counterfeit for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of ways that's true. You brought up Paul uh, in the Bible and how he talks about it in Ephesians and all that. Don't get drunk. I wanted to ask you about, for, um, there's a Bible verse, First Timothy 5.23. It talks, Paul's talking to Timothy, and he, he's urging people, at least maybe that's what it comes off to me as, he's urging people to drink for health reasons. Mm-hmm. How what do you how do you combat that? Well, there's only one time that's mentioned in the Bible, and that's Paul giving Timothy advice: drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Yep. The reality is, the medical, uh, the things that were available, medicine was available, were very limited, and so that would have been helpful to him at some time. And notice the fact that he had to uh, he had to tell Timothy to do it because Timothy wasn't going to do it. So the standard was: right. don't drink. And it's almost like Pastor Timothy saying, I'm not going to do that. And Paul's like, hey, it's okay to do it for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Now we have NyQuil. <laughs> you know, now we have other forms of medicine that do that. And so, again, I, I think if we want to compare our culture to, to to theirs, it's it's not a comparison. It's not a justification for drinking. Right. And for people that may struggle with alcohol we have several resources available to you correct right. celebrate your recovery meets every friday night mm-hmm. uh here in our church building six six o'clock there's a meal involved every week and it's for people who struggle with alcohol drugs any sort of hang up but it's also for the people who love them people who are family members or friends and so it's free everybody's welcome to be part of that and then in just a few weeks we we launch our freedom groups uh, freedom groups are 12 weeks of discipleship, and it's about getting free from our past, our hurts, and uh, walking in the freedom that Jesus has for us. So we would love to invite anyone to be part of both of those things. And then just a quick plug, we also have, uh, for men, fight clubs coming up here in a couple of weeks too, right? Sure. Yeah, and the idea is that it's the Bible says, "Woe to a man who is alone when he falls." There's no reason to struggle by yourself. Let's let's walk through these things together, and uh, and we can overcome it with God's help together. What's coming up this Sunday? This Sunday we have a guest who's joining us. We're going to be promoting the Indy School of Leadership uh, that we have here at our church, a partnership with North Central University. So the president of North Central University, Dr. Scott Hagen, is going to be here. Awesome, Pastor. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jacob. All right, guys, make sure that you rate, you review, and you subscribe to this podcast. And most importantly, share it with people that may not know about the podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week, and God bless.